This podcast features adults using adult language, but you know, you got to grow up sometime. Hey everyone, you know what it's time for? Swan's Crossing! look as good as they ever look which is not great as good as we care to make them (laughs) i am so tired what is going on i've been awake since like three in the morning because chupacabra who's one of my cats ate some plastic like he chewed up a plastic bag apparently Mm -hmm. and then he was barfing up pieces of it all through the night oh nice nice yeah yeah but he doesn't just barf like a normal cat he's (laughs) he's very dramatic about it (laughs) so he has to get up and like roam around and go like for like five minutes before he finally horks it up and then after that he gets really sad and he like sits in a corner and goes is sell essentially what you're telling me is that Chupacabra is like a like an early film star from one of those oh, I've got the tuberculosis oh, I'm dying I'm dying it's gonna take me like 45 minutes to die yeah yeah he's uh, excellent he's very like uh, what was oh god um Sunset Boulevard the oh yeah 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 oh <laughs> god what is her name, name? Gloria. Uh, I can't remember. It starts with a G. I know her name starts with a G. Oh, it'll come to us at some point during this episode. And we'll be like, the woman! That, a few years, a couple of years ago, right before the pandemic hit, we went to LA. And then just to be cheeky, we went to the wax museum because we wanted to do the most touristy thing ever. And I was obsessed with the wax model of her because it was in that like Sunset Boulevard pose where she's like super good. Yes. <laughs> and I took yes. so many selfies with it. It was great. I'm ready for my ghost up, Mr. DeMille. Oh my god, yeah. Anyway. Yes. Uh, hi, this has got to grow up sometime, a Swan's Crossing retrospective, and I'm Libby Grant. I'm Nathan Kessler-Jeffrey. And I have had no sleep. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> None at all. We watched episode 39 of Swan's Crossing, and oh man, I can't, I can't wait to talk about this one. Oh, and it's an extra special episode because this is our one year anniversary. Yes! We've been doing this for a year. Why? I don't know. I don't, when we started this, I was like, Libby, I'm not sure. I'll give it a try. I think you originally committed to like 10 episodes to see how it went. Yep. But then you got sucked in. I did. I cannot (laughs) stop watching this dumpster fire. Neither can I. It's, well, you, you, it's like, for you, it's like, oh, that burned out. I'm going to dump more trash in it and light it on fire again and rewatch the whole series. (laughs) Which I can confidently say I will never do. (laughs) Your loss. (laughs) What did I think was going to happen? Because I feel like I got a couple right. Okay, let's go over it. You predicted that either the Baldi would be a friend of the family who'd been invited to stay in the Booth Mansion, or Glory would wake up, but there would be no Baldi in the room, and the poetry notebook would be gone! None of those things were true. Sadly, no. (laughs) 
You, uh, you thought Callie would start to associate the Baldy and Barrick working together somehow because of the cotton balls. I mean, maybe-ish. Yeah, I mean, it didn't happen this episode. There were more cotton balls. And, like, there were more cotton balls. A lot of cotton balls. Yeah. And, and Callie is slowly piecing them together with Barrick. I feel like the logical conclusion to draw from this would be that someone is sneaking around with a, with a preschool art project. <laughs> it's like a Santa where they... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you predicted, hopefully, this night would end and the next day would come. Thank God that did happen. Finally. That was like a three-episode night. At last! <laughs> you predicted JT would go back to work with Neil, but would be really bummed because Garrett made fun of his poetry. That's pretty much right. Yeah, right. yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. You thought there would be not much Saja. That was wrong. Nope. Uh, and you thought that Callie would go back to the Booth house at some point. That did happen. You decided that Sydney and Garrett would certainly have a conversation where Sydney tells Garrett that she has a plan and she's going to swap out Billy Gunn for Garrett when Mila is supposed to meet Billy. I mean, that was 50% right. Yeah, I'll take 50%. Man, I, I could never have predicted the reverse Cyrano that's going on. Don't say reverse Cyrano right when I drink coffee. <laughs> That might have to be our episode. <laughs> Reverse Cyrano. Reverse I like that. And uh, finally, you predicted that the Baldy would report in on whatever he found in Glory's bedroom. That did not happen at last. It did not happen. Yeah. I'm not even sure if he found anything. I mean, he didn't. I don't... Yeah. He didn't because we open where we left off last week with this creepy adult-ass Baldy. we got to talk about the thumbnail first. Oh, we do. Okay. okay. Talk about the thumbnail. So the thumbnail this week at ShoutFactory.tv is this is another boring close-up of Sydney, uh, but she's finally out of the white hairband. So I was like, <laughs> I saw that thumbnail and I was like, yes, it's the next day. <laughs> uh, she looks like she's just got out of the pool at the Swans Club and is having an emotional moment in front of the changing room curtains. Little did I know how true that would be. Oh my. Um, she's also wearing earrings. And unfortunately, I can confirm that wearing earrings in the pool is not just a rich people thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why women do this. Uh, but yes, uh, when I was, a, when I was a kid, we went to the community pool in like my neighborhood and I'd, I'd see like missed earrings on the bottom of the pool all the time. It was weird. However, in all of the time of talking about this thumbnail, the thumbnails, we have never discussed the, uh, shoutfactory.tv episode summaries. <laughs> That's true, we haven't. Which I try not to look at in general because I don't want to spoil the episode for me. <laughs> But this one was great. It is, and I quote, One of the Baldies goes searching Glory's room. Sydney and Mila hang at the pool talking once again. Once <laughs> again? No! Whoever's job it was, right? Yes! They were like, I can't believe I have to fucking do this. Here's, hang on, hang on. So when, when this show came out, TV Guide was still a thing. Right? So you had to write like a one or two sentence summary for your episode to go in the TV guide. Right. But here's my question. Do Are they using those old TV guide summaries that they have somehow found somewhere? Or has some poor ShoutFactory.tv employee had to go through and watch every episode of Swan's Crossing to write these one to two minutes? One to two sentence thing. I feel like it has to be the latter because I just like, I can't see 
that many TV guides surviving from 1992. Right. That they could get all of them. Yeah, or even even if a TV guide somehow miraculously had a database somewhere, which they didn't, computers had just been invented. <laughs> yeah, I think someone got paid, probably not nearly enough, to sit and watch every fucking episode of Swan's Crossing and write up a two-sentence summary, and by the time they got to episode 39, they were like, fuck my life! <laughs> Mila and Sydney hang at the pool, talking once again. <laughs> oh! I mean, hey, at least they got paid. We're do we're we're doing this for free. I know. It's sad. Oh my gosh. Okay. Now anyway, we, now we can jump. I will not. This will not become a thing where we talk about the summary. I don't know. Maybe we should. <laughs> because because I don't. I generally don't. I try not to read yeah. them because I don't want to like get ahead of myself for the episode. Well, I've never noticed that it particularly spoils an episode for you. Anyway, the summaries are usually about as good as this one. I wonder if they're watching them at like three times speed. <laughs> just like probably. Blah 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 blah. I, I do. You know, the one for the Nudibrank Banquet episode just says, it's time for the Nudibrank Banquet. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> oh, God. Amazing. Okay. Anyway, uh, happy one year anniversary, everyone. <laughs> we open where we left off last week with the Baldy looming over Glory while this child is asleep in her bed. It's very creepy. He starts searching around her room for the poetry book, but he doesn't find it. And this sequence takes... A minute and 21 seconds, which is entirely too long to watch a bald man search through a teenager's bedroom. Yeah, there's a lot of... The thing that I love is in addition to looking under, like, the tissue box or whatever, he looks behind all the photographs, all the framed photographs. He doesn't open the photographs to, like, look between the photo and the frame. Yeah. He just, like, is like, I will move this photo. <laughs> It's like when I would lose something as a teenager and I would, my mom would be like, go look in your room for it. And I would just walk into my room and literally just scan the room with my eyes and be like, didn't find it. <laughs> it's about that good. You know what? I still do that uh, to my wife. So, <laughs> poor Courtney. Um, what is the game? I played this game that's on the tabletop that he spins... I thing. don't know. I was trying to remember. It's not sorry, because no. I went and looked at sorry, and I was like, that clickety-clack of that spinny thing sounds so familiar. I don't know what this game I'm is. I'm not 100% sure, but I think it's the 1980s edition of Life, the game of okay. Life. But I don't know for certain. All right. I mean, I grew up Mormon, so I know all the Wholesome Family board games. Right. But, um, but I don't know for sure. Yeah. Don't laugh, that's my culture. <laughs> I'm laughing because we also had a lot of wholesome family board games and now that I like now that I'm older I'm like Monopoly is not a wholesome game. No, it's a violent it is, game. It is a game about how capitalism fucks the world. <laughs> Uh, I would argue, though, it is very educational in that regard. Oh, no <laughs> doubt, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Um, speaking of capitalism and rich people, uh, <laughs> we cut to JT's room. Before we do, oh. the last shot is of the baldy. It's focused, like it zooms in on him, and he has a cotton ball okay. in only his right ear. In case you forgot where all the cotton balls are coming from. Right. Now we cut to JT's Thank room, you. where he and Neil are working on some computer stuff. Dear listeners... It has to be approximately 3 a.m. by now. Easily. Neil is muttering. He sounds very tired. As tired as I am right now, at least. 
and he notes that he has not had any sleep tonight. You know what would remedy that? If you just went to bed. All yeah. of you. All of you children <laughs> go to sleep. I mean, I slept a lot as a teenager. I slept a lot more as a teenager than I do now. I don't understand how these children are all still awake. Like, the only thing I stayed up for was, like, lock-ins and sleepovers yeah. and stuff. Um, can we talk real quick about the zoom-in on the keyboard that we get at the beginning of this scene? Because we get some some beautiful shots of Eddie Robinson typing. Yes. And it, he, is, he is very much like a one-finger sort of typist, but it's trying to... It's like an adult was like, don't do it that way, do it this way. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, this poor kid. Um, He's doing his best. Yeah. JT arrives, taking off his sport coat, bemoaning that poetry is dangerous. Neil looks at him with tragic eyes when he says poetry is dangerous, and we get a flashback, complete with the smoothest and easiest of all smooth, easy listening light jams. Oh my god. The sax music is on point. It is so, it's like music you would hear at a church picnic. Yes. It's so chill. Yep. <laughs> And uh, Neil re recalls the time he gave Glory JT's poetry notebook, just in case we forgot what the whole backstory was. Absolutely. And uh, Glory still has JT's poems, um, but JT says she doesn't have this one on this napkin I'm holding, essentially. <laughs> the new, <laughs> the, the, the stairway to heaven. Right. Wanting, because, wanting Glory to climb his ladder. Because uh -huh, he accidentally read that to Garrett. Yep. Right. Yep. There's a, additional dialogue about how writing poetry is a dangerous thing, and more of Neil looking both extremely exhausted and regretful. And we cut to the booth porch, where Saja has walked Callie home. Yeah, there was, they were talking, there's this weird dialogue about, it's pale moonlight on the porch, and Saja mentions that there's been a total lunar eclipse. <laughs> and it was very dark. And I was like, what? What? And then I remembered Callie's afraid of the dark, and there's this whole thing about it being her Achilles heel, and Saja's never heard of Achilles, so thankfully, uh, thankfully, <laughs> Callie, Callie is able to weave the tale of uh, Greek mythology for him, and as she, as Saja leaves, there, there, there's this, like, awkward moment where it seems like he might be asking her out. Did you, <laughs> did you pick up on that? It was a little, yeah, I mean, he, he was trying to get her to go do stuff with him, you know? Mm -hmm. Callie was not picking up what he was putting down, though. No. Saja also seems to really be into Achilles because he was a warrior. This whole thing goes nowhere. Yep. This never, entire scene is just time killing. We will never speak of this again. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing that happens is Saja leaves and Callie finds another cotton ball on the porch. Right. And she gives that patented Callie Walker suspicious glare, <laughs> like, in a, in a, like, 270 degree turn and then goes in the house. <laughs> we cut to Glory in her room again. Callie comes in to the accompaniment of happy sleepy time music. Oh my gosh, this synth pastoral garbage. <laughs> it is horrific. Oh my god. Synth gosh. pastoral garbage. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm feeling poetic today. You are. Well, it's poetry, dangerous. Yeah, be careful. <laughs> <laughs> we get a camera shot from Callie's point of view while she walks around Glory's room. It's all shaky and weird, like maybe a baldy's going to pop out from behind a potted plant. The camera zooms in on the unidentified board game, which apparently Callie and Glory just couldn't be asked to put away after they were done playing it. But there's another cotton ball on it! Ah! Which is 
hilarious because the cotton ball is white, just like all the pieces of the board game. Like, you have to be looking for this thing. I was like, is there going to be a cotton ball there? Let me look, let me look, let me... Oh, there it is. Also, like, the logistics of these cotton balls, okay? A baldy has only two ears. He has dropped so many cotton balls in and around the booth property. Does he just keep pulling new ones out of his pocket and putting them in? But, like, he knows they fall out then, so why doesn't he pick them up? I assume that somewhere in the Baldi's clothing is just a giant bag of cotton balls. <laughs> it's like one of those travel fanny packs that you keep on the inside of your yes. clothes so people can't pickpocket you. Yes. <laughs> it looks like he's reaching down the front of his pants, and every time he does, it comes out with a cotton ball. <laughs> Hey Swannies, it's me, Libby. You might be wondering why you're experiencing this delightful little musical interlude right now in the middle of this episode, and it's because we lost a little bit of our audio while we were recording, uh, and it left us with a strange gap that I had to fill with something. Uh, pretty sure I am literally cursed. <laughs> Not even kidding. So uh, if any of our listeners out there is a witch and you know how to uncurse me, uh, get in touch. Get at me. Let me know. It would be great because uh, shit's going real bad for me lately. Okay, uh, with that, back to the show. Okay, we're recording again. We're saved. Cool. We saved that. Okay. Anyway, Callie finds that other cotton ball. It's <laughs> a good segue. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, not like we lost a bunch of audio. <laughs> we did. We lost a bunch of audio, but you know what? Who cares? I mean, <laughs> they drop lines all the fucking time on Swan's Crossing. And so. we're not going to go back and fix it either. Fuck no. <laughs> Callie looks up quickly at the window with a Fabian shade. She can see that the window is open on the other side. Yes. And we cut to the theme sequence and the commercial. When we come back... We we are in what I have to assume is the day following the Nudebronk benefit. It is! It's the morning after! Thank ah. God. Mila is starting to swim. Sydney seems to be giving her pointers, but only for a hot second because they immediately get out of the pool. I have to assume that 39 episodes and this pool is disgusting at this point. <laughs> they just had all the Nudebronk swimmers in there. Ugh. It's nasty. I hope it was an actual pool with, like, a filter and stuff and not just some water. But given the budget of this show, I'm not going to bank on that. Yep. Oy, that's probably why they get the actors out really quickly now. Yep. Mila, as they're getting out of the pool, expresses her trepidation about disguising herself to meet Billy in public. Sydney is apparently much better at planning something like this. As they sit at one of the tables, there is an extra in blue trunks completely passed out on one of the lounge chairs behind them. Yeah. It's so good. Mila is, uh, she, she mentions that, that uh, Sydney might need more time to think of a better plan for meeting Billy Gunn. And Sydney almost says she doesn't have time, but she stops herself and says, you don't have much time because Billy's going to be there in like one more day. Yeah, apparently Mila does not want to eat, does not want to eat Billy. So weird Freudian slip. <laughs> Mila does not want to meet Billy as someone else. Like in some sort of like weird alter ego. Yeah, but like it's going to be, you know, she still has the same face. It's not like it's, <laughs> it's not like John Travolta and Nick Cage 
swap faces. <laughs> it's still obviously her, just incognito. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, Mila gets Paige to take a phone call. And as she leaves, the curtain to one of the changing cabanas opens directly behind Sydney, and Garrett is just right there. It is unsettling, to say the least. He leans over her chair and says, Whatever you're doing, Sydney, do it better. <laughs> we get this glorious musical stinger as Sydney turns with her eyes widened and set in concern. Has he been? Hiding in the cabana all this time, just like watching them swim? I have to assume so. You weird teenage horny boy. (laughs) Garrett is so gross. Um, Sydney is justifiably horrified and disgusted to find him there. And then my notes say, Garrett, whose frontal hair area has been blow-dried into a perfect rosette, (laughs) says, whatever you're doing, do it better. The great line. Oh my god, I love it. We cut over to Glory bringing breakfast up to the bedroom for her and Callie. I assume this is because there's no set for the kitchen. And Glory explains uh, that she's a sound sleeper as Callie asks if she had any strange dreams while fingering the cotton ball in her hand. Don't say fingering. I did. I did literally, like, as I was typing that word, I was like... I feel weird about this. Do I want to say this? Yeah. Yeah, do it. Callie comments on how, like, amazingly normal Glory's breakfast is. So, like, what do they eat for breakfast on the sub? Barnacles? Like, I, what? I would assume. <laughs> it's all fish-based. It's an entirely <laughs> fish-based diet. Uh, I will, my favorite thing about this scene is that the food on the tray is obviously not edible, as neither <laughs> of them make a move to eat any of it. Right, it's, it's probably great. like lukewarm orange juice and foam bread. That is 100% Sunny D in those glasses. Oh, it is yeah. it is a shade of orange not found in nature. <laughs> Callie decides, inspired by the normalcy of this breakfast, she wants to know literally everything about Glory. What she does in the morning, where she goes, all of it. Glory thinks this is a little weird, but she plays along. The first thing that she does every morning is read from JT's poetry notebook. Oh, God. (laughs) It's gross. Uh, She gets the book out from under her pillow as Callie seems amazed to the JT writes poems. So we we now know why the Baldy did not find the poetry notebook, because it was literally under Glory's pillow. Yeah, and also she notes that this is... His new book of poetry, so there's another <clears throat> one floating around somewhere out there. God knows where she has hidden it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Glory explains how Neil got her the book and JT was pissed off until he realized she liked it and liked the poems. He continued writing and Glory says, I understand JT the poet a lot better than JT the scientist. Speaking of scientists, we cut to a close-up of Albert Einstein in a frame. And the camera pulls back to reveal that JT is holding it and gazing at it. It's and, so funny. Yeah, JT and Neil are both in their baseball uniforms, by the way, too. So I guess it's another baseball game today or something? Well, we haven't had a practice, and the girls haven't come to watch. Do you even practice, bro? <laughs> Neil is not listening to whatever JT is chattering about. He's still working on computer stuff, which I like to imagine he's been doing literally all night. Yep. No sleep. Just... Constant. Neil prints out the equations for the heat shield that he's been working on so they can work on them at the game or the practice or whatever it is that they're going to. And as JT opens the door of his room to leave, Saja is right there, still in his ninja garb, 
doesn't say anything, walks into the room, and JT and Neil just spend the first few lines commenting on how cool the ninja does, the ninja duds are. Yeah, I guess maybe that's why Saja showed up. He wanted to get some props for his ninja duds. What are you doing here, Saja? And why does no one in Swan's Crossing ever knock? Saja remarks that he feels a new incarnation coming on, but he's not going to talk about it. And then he just leaves. Or what was he to. here for? Yeah, why? What was that all about? At least JT asks, like, wait, what? You're just leaving now? You showed up and now you're just taking off? Yeah. And he's, Saja says he's going to see Callie and decided to drop in and say hi. Without knocking? <laughs> JT points out that the sub is the opposite direction and Saja explains Callie isn't in the sub. Neil jumps in with like, he means Callie's essence is like floating around in the, <laughs> the different planes of existence. And that moment is actually very funny to me. Like legitimately, like <laughs> Neil's confidence of, I get Saja. <laughs> I love it. It's great. Um, since he is heading over to the Booth Mansion, though, he, he Saja explains that uh, Callie is staying at the Booth Place, and since he's heading over to the Booth Mansion, JT gives him the napkin with his poem on it and asks him to give it to Glory. And Saja runs off, saying he's Mercury, messenger to the gods, while the terrible bagpipe honk plays. And then we get a shot of Neil shaking his head and looking like he wants to cut a bitch. <laughs> yep. But I don't know if he's disgusted with Saja or JT. I can't tell. Yeah. But that sweet, sweet, smooth jazz track is playing again. The haunting Neil theme. We cut to the exterior of the tool and die. Saja comes into frame. I don't, I don't know where the booth house is, but my assumption was is that Saja was going there next, which you would, which you could be forgiven for thinking given the previous scene. <laughs> and Saja walks into the open tool and die, sees no one there. Jump kicks a cardboard box as the gong sounds. It hits something off camera. It sounds like a wrench falls to the ground. He looks around like, did anybody see me do that? Uh-oh. And then leaves. <laughs> That's cool. He just leaves. That's the whole scene. It's probably 20 seconds long <laughs> at most. I love it so much. Oh my gosh. I mean, Saja does love to kick shit, though. This is, like, consistently a through line for his character. He kicks a lot of things. Yeah. We cut to commercial, and when we get back, Garrett is still poking his head out of the cabana and yammering at Sydney. My favorite thing about this shot is they have obviously readjusted where <laughs> where they're located, because now it's, like, before it was Garrett, like, half of his torso was out of the curtains and now it's just his head and and sydney's chair has been like scooted back against the curtain so that they can make this next scene work so he admits he's been spying on her conversations with mila all morning and he's not thrilled with the progress she's making no but then he sees mila coming back and he ducks back inside apparently it was billy on the phone Ugh. uh when mila was paged so i i have in in the best of worlds Billy called the house and was told that Mila was here and called to the Swans Club. Yeah. That's the best possible scenario. And even that is problematic. Yeah, it is, uh, it's not great. Yeah. While she is talking about this phone call with Billy, Sydney conveniently positions her arm along the back of her chair. Uh -huh. Which so, is going to become important later. Right. So Garrett can reach it unseen from inside of the cabana. Like, you know he's back there, Sydney. Yep. 
Don't stick your arm right in his path. Yep. Uh, Billy called from London to say that he's coming and he can't wait to see Mila. That's literally what he said yesterday when they talked. Uh, and and Mila's like, what am I going to do? <laughs> and Sydney says the first thing that they're going to do is move elsewhere. And Garrett's hand reaches out of the curtain so fast to grab her wrist. It's like a horror movie. <laughs> It's like something has reached out from under the bed to grab your ankle. It is it is terrible. <laughs> it is pretty terrible. So Sydney decides to stay put in set instead, and she and Mila continue discussing the sex trafficking plan, and then Sydney says they're going to disguise Mila as a heavy metal rock star. Mila gets very excited, uh, <laughs> and by this point, Sydney has managed to get her hand away from Garrett, and says, Billy, Billy's going to love you in this look. And Garrett grabs her foot. We are in the middle of a reverse Cyrano de Bergerac. <laughs> a reverse Cyrano. Instead of the person who is hidden helping the situation, they are actively hindering it. By the way, I hate it so much when anyone touches my feet. I would have kicked Garrett's head off his fucking shoulders. Like, it is instant death to anyone who touches my feet. Really? Even, even on accident. Okay. I freak out. Okay. Don't ever touch my feet. Noted. Noted. <laughs> I mean, I, I I generally don't go around touching people <laughs> without asking right. permission first. I'm just, my feet are extremely ticklish. So if, oh. if anybody, like, touches, like, I can't go get, like... Tops and bottoms or just, just bottoms? Just bottoms. Okay. But, like, you know, if I get a massage or something, I'm always like, please just don't do my feet. Just, just leave my feet alone. And they're like, are you sure? I'm like, yes. 1,000%. Do not yeah. do my feet. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> can't control myself. As Sydney uh, tries to escape the grab, Mila acknowledges that the Countess will never recognize her in a heavy metal rocker outfit, but neither will Billy. So Sydney offers to call Billy and let him know what's going on, which seems to get Mila on board for the moment. Which yes. is great. It's great. Uh, we got to have a plan to get out of this scene. It chills Mila out enough, at least, that she starts trash-talking Garrett, which is funny as hell because his weasley ass is still crouched in the cabana just it, getting an earful. I really do love what happens to Garrett in this episode. <laughs> Me too. It's very good. He retaliates by pulling Sydney's hair, which makes her shriek, and she tells Mila she thought something stung her. It should be noted that every time Garrett does something, the curtains move <laughs> behind Sydney's head, which is exactly where Mila is looking, and we are really, really stretching the suspension of disbelief here. I know. I mean, I don't think they're trying to imply that Mila's just really dumb, but it kind of comes across that way. Yeah. Uh, Sydney says, well, maybe they're being too hard on Garrett because when he's good, nobody's better. But, like, yeah, how often is he good, though? He's and, evil. And Mila says, I think you've been in the sun too long. Garrett's a real jerk. And we get this shot of Garrett fuming inside the changing room as, like, this dark serial killer music plays. It's like, so good. He is definitely going to dismember one of them at oh, some point. Oh, for sure. He, he folds his arms, like, 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 he just has this look on his face, like, Meh. Yep. <laughs> it's we, great. We cut over to outside of Swan's Cafe, where Gloria is still walking Callie through the excruciatingly slow and boring details <laughs> of her everyday life as they walk past someone reading on the bench. I bet Callie's rethinking this plan now, because it is yeah. real boring to hear about Mary's life. Callie should have been rethinking it as soon as the floral print shirt came out, because <laughs> she is dressed in one of Glory's shirts, and it is as floral and flouncy as Cal as as Glory is. <laughs> it is pretty great. 
Um, Glory loves the fact that they're wearing similar shirts, though. She says it makes it seem like they're sisters. And then Callie gets this faraway look in her eyes. Probably because she has an actual secret sister who is evil. I love it. But then she says it gives her a whole new outlook on Swan's Crossing. And Glory says, are you ready for a glory day? (laughs) Glory days! They head off as cute music plays and we crossfade to Mr. Han in the library. Yay, Mr. Han! I love him. Here Here is my biggest surprise of this episode. Glory has come to collect her physics books, which I legit thought we were never going to talk about again. (laughs) They have returned. Yes. Uh, Glory introduces Callie to Mr. Han, and she tells Callie, Mr. Han knows everything, to which Mr. Han replies, and a little bit about them. (laughs) I do not know what was supposed to happen with these lines, but it was not this. No, I think, no, no, I think he knows a little bit about them being everything. He knows a little bit about everything, is I think what he's trying to say. That does not fenpute. Okay. <laughs> but okay. I, res- I mean... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust your word person this. It just... I mean, I, that might be the way it was written, for sure. Oh, yeah. It just doesn't make sense. No, I agree. Anyway. But very little of this show does. Yeah. Why does he kick a box? <laughs> Libby, why does he kick a box? <laughs> you know what? I watched this yesterday morning, and I have been unable to not think about it. <laughs> I actually... Okay, listen... As I was watching the show yesterday, I was like, what am I going to use for the stinger at the end of the episode? Because hopefully all of our listeners know by now that if you listen all the way to the end of the episode, you get a special (laughs) bonus recording from Swan's Crossing itself, which was like our favorite line. I think this one's just going to be the moment where Saja kicks a box and then runs away. It's not going to be great audio. You'll you'll recognize it by the racist gong sound. Yes. (laughs) It's not going to be a great audio moment, but... It has haunted both of us <laughs> since we saw it. Anyway, Mr. Han goes off to get a gardening book for Callie so that she can uh, learn more about Glory's interests. And Saja, speak of the devil, comes running into the library. Uh, he gives Glory the napkin with JT's poem on it. Glory starts to read it silently, and Mr. Han tries to read it over her shoulder, which cracks me up. Yeah, that is one of probably my favorite part of this is Mr. Han, like, like at the card catalog, kind of peering over Glory's <laughs> shoulder at the napkin. That's how he knows everything in Swan's Crossing. He spies on people. Exactly. There, uh, Saja wants to go do some sleuthing with Callie, but Callie's laying low. Oh, sorry. They cro- we crossfade to them walking back past Swan's Cafe in the other direction. And uh, Saja wants to do some sleuthing, but Callie's laying low. And behind them, Glory is just, like, totally into the napkin. Just, like, gazing at it <laughs> as they walk down the sidewalk. <laughs> Callie invites Sasha to come to the pool with her and Glory, but he says he can't because my most honorable and unrelenting sister wants me at home. He apparently used her silk scarf as his ninja headwear and has to clean, polish, and buff the car as a result. Yikes. So good. Uh, as, As they part and Callie and Glory walk off towards the Swans Club, we see... A hand push aside some bushes as the baldy peers out from the shadows. Ah! After we cut to commercial, we are back at the pool again. Sydney says she's got a lot of stuff to do. Can we pause for just yes. a second? Because this was the episode on which ShoutFactory.tv started to give me advertisements. Yeah, me too. It sucks. And one of like one of them is this absolutely fantastic like uh, commercial for silk almond milk. 
which is great. But the other one is legitimately the weirdest bounty commercial I have <gasps> ever seen. Yes! Just like the weird music where it's just footage of paper towels for 30 seconds. It's 30 seconds with no dialogue and shots of paper towels. And then at the end, a towel, a towel roll of bounty is thrown at a white wall. It bounces off. And then the only thing, the only image that remains, it like freezes in midair. And just across the screen, it says, bounty. <laughs> Not the quicker picker upper. No. Not any of the things that I would assume are part of Bounty's marketing campaign. It is eerie. It honestly feels like a, a student art film. It does. <laughs> it's very weird. It is incredibly unsettling and perfect to go in the middle of a Swan's Crossing episode. <laughs> so this has been your commercial break. <laughs> your commercial break with Nathan. With, with uh, gotta grow up sometime. I love it. Okay. Well, after that commercial, we're back at the pool. Sydney says she's got a lot of stuff to do today, so she has to get changed. And Mila says they should go shopping for some heavy metal gear. Yeah. I would love to know what kind of store in Swan's Crossing sells heavy metal gear. There's a hot topic anywhere. <laughs> You're probably right. I don't think you actually buy heavy metal gear at Hot Topic. I've only been to one once ever, so. Okay. Sydney promises Mila will look wonderful, and Garrett's leg comes out of the cabana and kicks her straight in the ass. It's great. Yes. Mila seems to spot Callie and Glory entering the pool area, uh, and <laughs> it notices that uh, Callie looks so much like Glory that she barely recognized her. The thing that I love about this shot is it's very obvious that the other actors are not on set yet. <laughs> Liz, she's just like calling off camera, and it's like, oh, you didn't, you didn't have them there yet. You're just doing so this great. to doing this to nothing. It's oh. great. So, uh, but Mila scampers over to check out Callie's new fit, and uh, Garrett takes that opportunity to pop out of the cabana. He grabs Sydney very aggressively by the arm. I I have a note about this. It is a little violent. Yeah, it's like assault. Yep. And he demands to know. He's like, what do you think you're doing? She assures him that she's doing what he wants and she needs some breathing space. And Garrett, Garrett says, fine. I've got to meet my father and talk about our campaign. Their campaign. He's got to help his father with his cash flow problems. <laughs> Garrett is about to walk off, but Mila comes back with Glory and Callie. So he ducks back into the cabana once more. He is trapped. He's probably been in there for at least an hour. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And, and the, the shot of him like frantically looking around the cabana... For a, an exit is hilarious. Also, my favorite pool employee is back in the background, picking up towels, getting the work done. Oh my Classic God. Meisner trained actor back there. He is just living his best life. I love <laughs> it. In it he is he is legitimately probably other than Sarah Michelle Gellar the best actor in this show. <laughs> I think Eddie Robinson's also pretty good. But. All right, fine. <laughs> they all sit down as Callie and Glory fill them in on coming from the library. This traps Garrett in the changing room. Uh, and the conversation shifts to the fact that the Walkers generations ago were farmers. <laughs> but now the Walker estate is apparently all covered up. Right. It is like 
overgrown with spooky forest now. Yes. Glory, uh, Glory apparently sometimes goes there to go rose picking. Yes. I love that there's just like these wild roses growing there now. It's very evocative. Mila asks Callie if she's been back to the old estate yet, but Callie hasn't. And Glory says, Callie's too freaked out to go into the spooky old estate grounds because it's dark. Ooh. And actually, the thing that I love about this moment is that is that Callie isn't... Callie is no longer sort of like nervous about being made fun of for this. It's yeah. like gentle, like friendly ribbing, yeah. which is a nice, nice growth and project and, and progression from, you know, the, the conversation with Jimmy and Garrett right. ages ago. Yeah. Uh, somebody finds one of the gross old gooey nudibranch toys and they start throwing it around. And Sydney takes the opportunity to duck into the cabana that adjoins Garrett's. Now, I thought she was going to try to talk to him through the cabana curtains. That doesn't happen. It does not happen at all. Thing that's so good here. So, uh, Glory, Glory's like, we could all have lunch here. Uh, Mila, Mila says, well, th- good for you. You already brought a napkin. And uh, Glory goes, it's more than that. And she has this big, goofy, adorable smile on her face. And who who is it that says everyone's entitled to their own little secrets? Is that Mila? I think it's Mila. Yeah, and then we get the weird sequence of shots. Oh, my gosh. I love this. It's like the camera just passes back and forth on everyone's face as they all sort of look musingly into the distance, presumably thinking about their own personal secrets. So, like, first it's Mila, and she's, like, smiling over Billy. And then it's Glory gazing at her napkin. And then Callie looking suspicious. Back to Mila. Back to Mila. (laughs) And then Garrett inside the cabana. Having a mild freak out. He's so stressed out. I love it. And then Sydney by herself in a chair in the other cabana, contemplating her fate. And then... A baldy! (laughs) In another cabana! What the fuck? He stands up, sneering, and looks straight down the barrel of the camera when we freeze and roll credits. It's so good! The last, like, I don't know what I was expecting, but this was not it. (laughs) It is a really good end of the episode. I also want to point out that it is definitely not another cabana. That is the same cabana (laughs) they have moved Garrett out of and shot the baldy in. Oh, shit! Maybe the Baldy and Garrett are the same people. That's he possible. He shapeshifts. It's possible. <laughs> well, uh, who was our psychopath of the week? Oh, Garrett. A thousand yeah. percent. Garrett So definitely. creepy and violent. No argument on that. Ugh. We had uh, one new fake swan just in the credits. So we've got four imaginary swans, 24 actual swans, and 104 other swans. So many swans. So many swans. Okay, what are your predictions for next week? I have no idea what's going to happen. Next week, by the way, is our season finale. Yes, and it's a Friday episode. And it's going to be dramatic. We don't know what the event what the Friday event is. There's nothing like there's no party, there's no baseball game. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen, Libby. It's going to have to be something else. It is something big, oh but it's gosh. nothing that you have been prepared oh for. Oh my gosh. Okay, so next week, the captain returns on the submarine with a new wife. A sea wife. <laughs> a sea wife. <laughs> okay. Uh, this enrages the countess. No, I, I, I have no idea what's going to happen. Um, let's, let's keep both of those predictions, and then I will predict something that might actually come true. Um, oh, jeez. Uh, at some point, 
next week, the Baldy finds out about the poetry notebook. He doesn't get the poetry notebook, but he finds out about it. Callie has some sort makes some sort of connection with the I, I wanna I wanna keep going on this like Baldy Barrick cotton ball thing. So I think Callie makes some sort of important connection next week. Is there a baseball game? Maybe there's a baseball game that JT and Neil are like trying to work on the heat shield at and something happens at the baseball game. I don't know what is going on. Um, oh, maybe Billy Gunn arrives. Billy Gunn arrives next week and we do get Mila in the heavy metal outfit and Garrett has another freak out on Sydney because it's not going the way that he wants. And Sydney manages somehow to turn the whole thing around so that it appears that she is actually doing what Garrett wants. I think that's all I've got. Is there any... Are there gronies in the next episode? Yes, there are. Okay. So I think... Uh, I think we get... I think we get a Muffy... A Muffy and Grant Booth confrontation. That's what I think. Maybe there's... Maybe there's a mayoral debate. Or as Grant Booth would call it... A Meryl debate. A Meryl debate, yes. Okay, well, uh, we will see what happens on our dramatic conclusion of this season next week. <sighs> Jeez Louise. Uh, Thank you yeah. to Richard Winsler and Steve Lane for the use of our theme song, Gotta Grow Up Sometime, from the hit show Swans Crossing. And if you want to find us on social media, we're on Instagram at Swans Cross Pod and on Twitter at Gotta Grow Up Pod. I think I got those right, but maybe I got them reversed. Whatever. It doesn't matter. You'll, you'll figure it out. <laughs> None of this matters. And until next time, my friends... May all of your Cyranos be in reverse. <laughs> <laughs>